What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the first ever bonus episode of Marking Our Territory with the Big Dogs Sports Podcast. On this week, me, Garrett, and my co-host, Zach, we got a good buddy of ours, uh, TJ Pittenger from FSU Twitter. That's how I'm going to like refer to you as. He's also the executive producer of the podcast, The Big Three Roll-Up. Um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into a little bit of FSU talk for this episode, try and bring out a little bit of positivity for what has become a very negative program over the last couple of years. So TJ, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are and what you're all about. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I've been listening to you guys and, um, it's good stuff. It's, it's cool to come on kind of in the early stages before you guys get, you know, huge and blow up and, then you won't have me on anymore because you'll be too big for me. But um, no, I appreciate you guys coming on. I produced the the big three roll up, uh, which is a podcast that I'll, I'll plug for just a sec. Just kind of covers the the big three schools here in in Florida. Um, I guess we'll still consider Florida State one of those, even after the last couple of years. But it covers Florida State, Florida, and Miami um, with a couple of buddies of mine. Um, we drop a show every Thursday, and we've we've seen some success and grown. So it's fun. So I, I like podcasting. I like this stuff. I like when people reach out with questions and uh, I love coming on and chatting sports. So I appreciate you guys for having me. Are you, are you guys thinking about like maybe adding a UCF person now that UCF has kind of like become a big deal in the state? So I don't think so. And I hope there are some UCF people that listen to this and then get mad about this, but you know, this is not enough sustained success. Like USF got all the way up to number two in the country in 2007. I think I I remember that, um, you know, Boise States had their run. I know they're not here, but other, other small schools like that have had their run and then they kind of fall off. So like, we'll see what they do without, well, I guess with, with the injury is Milton coming back. Like, is he, is he able to play next year? I don't even know. He'll probably be out for the entire season. I think. So we'll see how they are in like two or three years. Like once he's gone, you know, if they're able to really sustain that, but either way, we're not adding somebody. You got to win a championship to to be on the to be considered up there. <laughs> I like that shot. You got to win a championship <laughs> at UCF. <laughs> so I don't really know. Like, where, where do you guys think we should start? I think where we should start is probably last season. Get that out of the way. It was the growing pains of the first season under the new the uh, new regime of Willie Taggart. Uh, the first time without Jimbo in a decade. And I think that like a lot of fans, uh, ourselves included, uh, kind of tuned out to the season because we were we're not used to having that type of like poor, you know, poor feeling around the entire program and the season. So, you know, what what were your thoughts going into Willie's first year and then how it all unfolded? Well, I think that I was I mean, I was pretty optimistic. You know, Willie came in and did a lot of things right. Um when he first got to Florida state, he, I believe got us like the number 11 class in a, in a transition year after only being at FSU for a month and a half, two months, I guess two and a half months. But, um, you know, he said all the right things. He kind of re-energized the fan base after kind of a toxic period for, for Jimbo's close. The spring game was a great vibe and a ton of attendance and, and people were all on board And I think Willie did most things right up until, you know, kind of Labor Day, Uh, at least in the public eye. You know, there was probably things behind the scenes that that we didn't know. But I was really optimistic. I mean, I I don't you know, I'm I'm kind of a homer. So I was expecting bottom 
of the floor eight wins, but you know, a chance at nine or 10 wins. I expected to lose to Clemson. Um, and I thought Notre Dame would be really tough, but I thought we could be in every other game. Um, which I guess we were, you know, minus, uh, like NC state and Florida and stuff and Virginia tech, but you know, I, I really expected us to be better. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a letdown from there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey guys. What's up? Um, right. It feels like your voice has gone unnoticed <laughs> so far. So, I mean, pretty much same thing with me. I, I was super op- optimistic about Willie coming in. Like everyone had a good vibe, you know, he wasn't going to immediately get his system implemented because he was playing with Jimbo's guys. Um, I want to ask how, how you think black men's going to fit in. But I mean, before that, what I've, what I've kind of just noticed, like, do you think that the fact that we kind of lost some of those big names this year has to do with, I mean, we're three white guys, but FSU has gone from basically a lot of white recruiting people like Jimbo, some other offensive coaches, uh, was his name, the other QB coach that we had the quarterback here. I don't trick know, it. Sanders. Trick it. Oh, yeah. Um, but now we basically have our three, four top guys are all black guys. Like, do you think his apps kind of hurt in FSU in some way? I don't think so. I think that, you know, if anything, it, it, it has the potential to help. You but know? The, it also does because you're getting – you're going to get like a, a the player like that, the player that values like – is down for the like super black guys, like super – uh, like modern type deal of a uh, program. Yeah. I think it has more to do with, you know, I think it actually has more to do with like the age of the guys as, as opposed to even the race, you know, cause you know, how, how well are 17 year old kids connecting with just an old, like a 75 year old man, like Rick Trickett, you know, especially right. even at that point, like an old white man, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. how much does he have in common with a 17 year old recruit? Whereas you get, you get younger. And I, I said, I don't think the race is as important as the age is, but you just get younger. And I do think the race helps a little bit, you know, and in, in being able to relate with those kids. But I don't, I think that that age thing is huge. Getting rid of those old, old men that can't relate to kids and stuff. Now that said, Jimbo and his staff did a good job of recruiting. He had a couple of ace recruiters and he was a good recruiter himself. Um, but I think that it has the potential to, to do even better. I don't know about even better. I think there is a potential to be better relationships built um, as opposed to just being good salesmen. That's what I was feeling. Is that like, my first impression when Willie came in, other than like I knew him from Oregon, I knew him from USF, was that like he seemed like a really good like director of morale, where it was like he he was able to get his guys to rally around him and kind of buy into what he was looking to do. And that was where we had a little bit of like that lapse was the guys were happy to be playing for him, happy to have a new voice in the locker room, but none of them were really his guys. And one of the big things that I know I kept on pointing out all last season was that prior to last year, I don't think that Willie ever had a rush offense that was outside of the top 30 in the, in the nation. And we ended up ranked something like a hundred and 118th or something. I think it was, um, do you think that, I mean, most of us know that the offensive line was absolute trash last year, but it's trash. Do you think that guys like Cam Akers and Patrick were a good fit for what Willie tends to do in his rush offenses? Uh, I'll say that I I am not as familiar with Willie's you know offices in the past. Um, I watched him. Well, that's not true. I watched a, a good amount at USF, but I think what you mentioned it really all starts up front. Like I hate to simplify 
the entire season's issues with with the offensive line. But I think that the season is very different with just a mediocre offensive line. You know, you can have all that's putting it lightly even. You can have Randy Moss out there catching passes and Emmett Smith, you know, running the ball. And if you don't have two seconds for the quarterback to get them the actual ball, it doesn't matter, you know. And so I, I hate to hate to be the guy that blames everything on the offensive line. And so I won't do that because there's a lot of stuff, pre-snap penalties and different things. But oh, that was the worst. Oh my! Now that you bring it up, that's really coaching. Like that's on that's on Tagger. You know, I'm. I want him to succeed. I want him to do well. I want Florida state to win every game they play in, but that's a hundred percent on him. And, but actually playing the game, I think it's a combination of what you said. It's, it's not having his guys there, not being able to get his system installed. And man, the offensive line play was just God awful last year. The worst we've ever seen at Florida state. And that's really why we struggled. Yeah. And Florida state, like, I mean, our offensive line play has probably been, magnifying as an issue up until the last year where it really became the like linchpin of the season be going going to shit like you can knock deandre for a lot of things but couldn't knock him for just sticking in the pocket take take hits i was never a francois fan and i think that that's something that we can probably get into now is that like him coming after Jameis was was he the first quarterback? No, there was a what's his name that we used to see McGuire. on the golf course all the time. Sean McGuire. We had Sean yeah. McGuire, and then the kid that transferred from Notre Dame as well. Golston, Ever Golston, yeah, Ever Golston. But okay, so the first like player that was in. What, in what about that man? That was such like such a fall of FSU. We we win the championship in 2013. Which I mean, now it's 2019, so you're like six years. It's still not that far away, but it seems like it was an eon away. Well, you, you just go from every goal for as long as you can. But we couldn't because it was like the college football playoff started the year after that. We got whooped by Oregon. Yep. And we had Everett Golston, <laughs> and then we just kept gone down from there. Like, I mean, I guess you can say that's Jimbo on his way out. Was he kind of just? Well, Jimbo had a lot of misses too. We had that kid Malik Henry that ended up getting kicked out. DeAndre Francois was like the first player after Jameis that was like an in-house recruit to be given the reins at quarterback. And to me, the one thing that always stood out to him was that he he kind of like try. I felt like he tried to mimic Jameis by having that like big play, like flashy ability, but he was always taking unnecessary shots, you know, whether that be like staying in the pocket too long, not using his legs. He just, he never really fit to like what Jimbo liked to use in his like pro style system. And now he gets kicked out, which I don't like, what, what was the story about it? He, he hit his girlfriend. Was that what it is? Yeah. I think allegedly she accused him of it. We need a allegedly button. (laughs) <laughs> she pulled it back her accusations but um yeah, yeah she i don't think twitter she like outed him on ig story and then he got kicked off the team yeah, and she I, don't, it back. I don't think francois would have been on the team the whole on season August 31st anyway um but you know they were I think they were looking to move on from him. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, All right, so thing. I've been wanting to ask that. Moving on from moving on from Francois, do you think Blackman fits that system? I I looked up a little Blackman, and they just keep calling him a dual threat quarterback, but he only had like one 
rush the entire season of like 30 yards. So last. he only he only really got meaningful snaps in the NC State game, right? Like he 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 played. He well, played then he a, played the year before that. So he certainly had more rushes. Did he not have any runs the year before? He definitely had more. Uh, twenty was that twenty seventeen? I guess. So I don't know that he's. I don't know that he's super dual threatish. I think that he reads the defense a little bit better and will take off and run more than Francois did. Like Francois, Francois never looked the same after his knee injury, and he refused to run at all. He refused to give the running back the ball on any kind of read option plays, and I think Blackman will do that better. I think that uh, scouts and stuff just call every black kid a dual-threat quarterback and every white kid a pro-style quarterback. Like, that's just what they do. Like, it's not <laughs> accurate or correct. Like, Jameis wasn't a dual-threat quarterback, but he was black, so that's how he gets labeled, right? Like, And, he, yeah, he had the ability just to know, get out of the pocket. Right, but that's like, you also – you ask me anything about any – if you ask me anything about any young baseball player, they're both they're always like 2020, 20, 20 right. home runs, 20 song bases. Right. So Bla- Blackman in his career of rushing, he has negative 65 yards. <laughs> well, a lot of that's set yard. <laughs> yeah, <days>. Right. <laughs> but that just shows that he's not even getting any positivity. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think he's so much of a dual threat guy. I think that he'll do it a little bit. I think he will run a little bit more. I think I think he needs to be a dual threat guy in this system. I like. I feel like if you're going to run the bubble screens, you're going to run the read option. You have to have the ability to keep it. You have to have. Because you just said that the bubble screen. I remember that Willie's thing is lethal simplicity, and that was probably the worst thing that Willie could have done for himself was to like put that tag onto what he considers his style. Because when you watched FSU games, you're like. Holy shit, I'm watching like a really bad high school team try and simplify this way too much and it looks horrible. Yeah, it was it was just weird, right? Like the offense never looked good. Like Every there were big play was worked. an illegal motion. Yeah. There were times that plays worked and you were just like, Where's the flag? You know, like the long pass against Boston College or the you know, the comeback against Louisville, you're just like, all right, wait, like go ahead and call this back because I know we didn't just do something well. And UM. Yeah, for sure. Which I think was a bad call. Like I'll give us credit on that. I don't think that that was an illegal forward pass, but you guys have some great memories. I don't remember any of these plays you're talking about. No, because this is this is Garrett last year texting me about FSU games. Yo, I'm not even watching right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just on the second bottle of bourbon, bro. Like, it, 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 watch this. <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard. So, uh, for people that don't know, TJ actually didn't go to FSU. So that that's like a, a point of contention for you on the Twitterverse, right? Because people are like, what makes this guy a solid voice for, for FSU if he didn't even go to the school? Yeah, folks. Uh, so, I mean, not everybody for sure. Some folks do it like as a joke now because so many people have said that, but you know, I'll have a take or something and I'll disagree with something Willie does or Jimbo does or the school does. And they're saying like, well, you didn't even go here. And I'm like, well, so what, you know, like I have takes on, politics, but I've never been a politician. I have takes on healthcare, but I've never been sick. You know, like, wait, what do you mean? So what? I didn't go there. Like I have takes on the bucks and I never played for them. Right. You know, like give me a break. Every so, Miami fan. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So as a student, as an ex student though, I think that being there during the championship era and then 
graduating and seeing like the gradual fall off. I don't think that I was alone last season in being a fan that used to go to the school and was like, I I don't have that like immediate connection to the school not being there anymore that I like, why do I want to sit there and watch this team win five games this season? No, you came in on the come Like we came in on the come up, like FSU, it was, this is our year was like the big hype train before we even won the championship. So we had basically the pinnacle. And when you see that it's fine to be disinterested, but it's, you're, you're just hope we're, I mean, we're all hopeful that the school is a top 10 top, at least, at least top 20 school every year, not putting up like, that's what FSU was. They went to 30 something straight bowl games. They're not so, used to being mediocre or worse right. ever. So moving forward, we have Blackman and pretty much just Blackman for this season. We, we had a horrible recruiting class in terms of quarterbacks for the last two years and how do you view the program moving forward and like what Willie is planning, especially without bringing in any of the top quarterback prospects? Well, I think they need to plan on Blackman not getting hurt, <laughs> first of all. Which is like, crazy because he's tiny as hell. Yeah, that's the most important thing. So I think the the plan or the prayer is so I think they'll, you know, they've got a walk on kid that McDonald, who everybody freaked out about his uh, one practice highlight play. He is not going to be like a really serviceable option. If James, Callie. Like, yeah. If James like had to go off with two plays, you needed that guy to hand the ball off. I mean, that's fine, but any assistant extended action is not going to be good. They've got Travis J who transferred from, from Louisville. He's supposed to sit out a year, but they're trying to see if they can get the NCAA to, to give him a waiver. He'd be great for depth, but at the same time, if he's got to take any real meaningful snaps, it's, not going to be good. And then I think they're going to try and get one more tr- transferred uh, quarterback, whether it's a kid from, from Houston, whether it's a kid from um, Virginia tech or, or wherever they can get somebody. Mm-hmm. But I mean, none of these are great. That's options. crazy. What, what college football is now. It's just, uh, we'll take the grad transfer for one year. We're getting these college free agents. All right, Garrett, real quick math prediction radio. Tell me what Nolan McDonald from long beach, Cal California looks like. He looks like the quarterback from Clemson. Is that exactly what he looks like? That's probably the exact opposite of what he looks like. <laughs> well, you told me he was a Cali bro, and his name is Nolan. So <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. I thought I was clicking on Trevor Lawrence's picture, and it's he's just like he's he's black man. He's a oh. black man. Interesting. Yeah. No. If you tell me Cali bro, that that would not be the first thing that I assume. <laughs> So, so what, what's our offensive line looking like? Have we got any anything that's hopeful this year? Or is it going to be the same? Whole, what does it look like? Hopefully a little bit more lethal um, than what we saw last year. A little year. less simplistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's upgrade our lethal and downgrade our simplicity. Um, so I think the offensive line will get better. And I think the offensive line did get better as the year went along last year. I mean, it, uh, it wasn't talented still, but just – the time that you spend playing together, you know, you're just going to improve. You're going to get more, com- you know, camaraderie. You're going to get better. They also brought some guys in. Um, Dante Lucas is a great recruit. He may start um, at guard, even as a true freshman. He's really good, a good four star. They oh, brought that boy was in steroids. Injected. Let's like, let's roll. You know, nobody's going to be checking out a six and six team next year. Like, 
just roll with it. Clemson got caught because they won the national title, but yeah, we can help us help ourselves to get to seven and five. Yeah. Um, so we did just fire our O line coach right a couple days ago. Yeah, yesterday. Um, so the the rumor is that that they think that um, Houston's O line coach uh, Clements is is going to come in, and, and he was kind of set to come in with Bryles. So hopefully that helps things out. So we're uh, who do we we have Art Bryles or different Bryles? No, Kendall Bryles' son. Okay, offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. I was just making sure we're not they're not just sneaking sneaking Art in from hell. <laughs> I mean, we could. No, I won't say we could take him, but like, if it would help get us back to a bowl game. No, I'm just kidding on that. Any people I mentions, I do not endorse that at all. <laughs> Yeah, I, even Kendall Browse is crossing the line for me. But hopefully, I mean, hopefully we're going to see a little offensive line change if we get Houston. Houston runs that kind of similar system. And I just want, I, like, if we're going to go this route, I want to see, like, running quarterbacks. Like, I, we need Lamar Jackson. We need just shit that actually works. Like, What's funny is that there was a time when, like, Jimbo and FSU was, like, seen as – like a breeding ground for NFL quarterbacks. And then now the NFL is starting to move towards more like the Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, the running type, the dual threat quarterbacks, as we like to say. Um, And FSU is also trying to shift their mentality towards a more well-rounded offensive game plan. But I would almost say that I don't know what I would prefer. Like, do you want to have a guy that's expanding the offense or do you want someone that, you know, is going to stick in there and know the game plan and sling the ball when he has to? I mean, I just feel like the way that college football is moving. I mean, you, I mean there's no reason you can't do, a, I guess, a little bit of a mixture of both the way college football is moving. I mean, and it's what we complained with about Jimbo with was just that you know, that pro style offense is not run by anyone that's really successful in, in college football. Even Saban does some of the more run and shoot and read option and spread type stuff. And that's just the way that football is going. And if you've got a quarterback like Jameis Winston, you know, just the greatest quarterback to ever play in this state bar none. Um, I don't care who played in at Florida with the number 15, the greatest quarterback to ever play in this state. Quarterback. You, you can, you can, run a pro style offense because he's legitimately an NFL quarterback running your team. But if you've got a guy like Deandre Francois, that's just not as good. You've got to do some things. You got to make it easy, right? Absolutely. Everyone makes it easy. Like you watch Oklahoma and that like, it's it's one goddamn easy. Yeah. And so hopefully that's what we're able to bring in and do. I felt like we dumped it down so much that we were like, we're putting four offensive linemen out in tight end wide receiver positions. And we're going to run the screen that way, or we're going to run a run to the other way or something like they just made it so obvious, but I guess he just didn't like Francois. We're We got see what Blackman could do. What, what is the holdover from last season? How many offensive and defensive starters do we really have returning that should play a big role? I mean, defense, you defense got, uh, will lose sweat. I'm not sweat. Uh, defense will lose Brian Burns. They, they look exactly the same. They're both 45 year old men. Demarcus Christmas will lose. Um, Great name. Christmas was there forever. Outside of that, I mean, on the offense, obviously you lose Francois. You lose. Um, is Tell me gone? Matthew Thomas. No, is still here. on the roster is what I just. I thought. 
I thought he was checking out the draft, but it seems like he's still on the roster right now. So I think you've got most of your production back. Not that there was much production, but it's there. Losing Burns is a huge loss. He he was the best player on the team last year. We we um, need a tall receiver. Hopefully Warren Thompson, um, who was a freshman last year and didn't – I don't think he got in. I'm sure he redshirted. Uh, he's a big guy. Hopefully he can kind of produce a little bit. Um, you know, I'm excited for McDonald's. Warren QB? Thompson, yeah, 6'3", 105-pound freshman. That's someone to look out for. Pound, you just said? 205 pounds. 205. <laughs> I was going to say, smaller than Blackman. Yeah, this dude This this dude looks exactly like Kelvin Benjamin. For nice. uh, This is my first time looking at Warren Thompson. He looks like he weighs more than 200 pounds. That's good. So I do think we'll be better. You know, I mean – from an overall standpoint, I think we return enough. You know, you've got Cam back, Patrick back. You'll get um, Cam Akers a Heisman back. candidate. No, absolutely not. No one on this team is a Heisman candidate. Oh, People we got- wanted him to be there, though. Oh, for sure. I mean, but he, you know, I don't know if he just lost a step or if it was Willie's offense or the offensive line or just all three, probably. But yeah, he just didn't look like the same guy, you know, after I feel like he's going to be one of those that don't really go off in college. But if he gets to the next level, he's going to be great. He's short. He's got a great burst. You get him behind a fullback. That's like what what he wants to run like. He's still really good. He's really good. Last year, just. You know, you could say he wasn't good last year, but nobody was good last year. You know, so to put that on him. Okay. All right, we got Keith Gavin, 6'3". We got a lot of tall receivers. I don't Keith really Gavin's know. Keith Gavin's been there for seven years as well. <laughs> Junior. I feel there's definitely players like that. Like when Auden Tate, he left last year, right? He, it felt like he was in the Okay, I guess we probably season. are losing. I guess I'm looking at last year's roster. Not, I don't know. 2018. This is, this is what we call research on the fly. <laughs> All right. I don't know about you guys. I feel like there's not much more we can say. We're beating a dead horse. The hope is that I think TJ said it perfect. We increase the lethal, decrease the simplicity. Take take this program to the next level and hope for better results. Uh, math prediction radio. Chances we well, okay. How about first chances we get a bowl game this year? Ninety-eight percent. Ninety-eight. Oh, I was gonna say ninety-nine. So okay, let's go. Price is right, yeah. <laughs> okay, and then. One chances Bob. we have over eight wins this season. Um, over, eight. over eight. So you're going nine wins. I'll say 50, 50. I say eight's my, I'd say, yeah, I'll say 50%. Okay. And then eight and four, where, where does nine wins or yeah, eight and four, nine and three, where, where does that put us in terms of like the, the standings in the ACC? Are we going to land above Miami this season? Miami's got a really Miami's such a weird team because their defense is really good, um, but their offense is just pathetic. And I don't, you know, they're going to start end up starting, you know, probably Jaron Williams, who is going to be a redshirt freshman. You know, I don't know that he's going to be able to come in and just and fall out. I, we maybe, don't have a difficult difficult beat, schedule either. I, I do think we beat Miami. I'll, I'll go on record saying that. I've been quoted as saying we're going to beat them by 20. I'm not going to say that on this <laughs> podcast, uh, but I do think we beat them. So I don't know where we're finishing the standings, but yeah, they're not beating us in Tallahassee this year. And do we see Clemson going for a national title again next season? Yeah, they're yes. winning one of the next two, if not two of them with that quarterback. 
That's ridiculous. I, we go from hating Alabama for being there almost every year to now we have to hate Clemson for being I've there. I've hated every year. Clemson. I'll, I'll be one of those people, those FSU fans that are all like, I love Clemson. Clemson's, Clemson's got nice fans. I'm not a big fan of any of our rivals. I'm not. I don't, I don't give a fuck how nice their fans are. I definitely don't like any of the Florida teams. I'm not rooting for Clemson. They run down that little hill and touch a rock. That's a gay-ass tradition coming up maybe <laughs> top three, bottom three. We got some better traditions. All right, so before we get into top three, bottom three, then, do you guys want to talk about any of the other sports? Basketball? We have the the departure of Mike Martin. Uh, FSU baseball yesterday in the first game of the season threw a no-hitter, I and I had a chance to be there, and I wasn't. Yeah, you missed it because that. Oh gosh, I am the ultimate. You know, I get. I'm the, let me preface this. I I throw stones at times, but it's really just like self deprecation. Like people get on me for being negative, and that's just how I deal with like my own problems. Is like I make fun of it. So like when FSU has problems, that's I kind of do the same thing, and then people are like, "Oh, you're just so negative." So what I was gonna say is you just missed the highlight of the season. <laughs> you right. know, was opening like it's all downhill from there. Um, but no, yeah, I I hope baseball does well this year. I mean, it'd be cool to at least make the World Series or host a host a super regional. Those I, games are intense. College baseball games get intense as hell at those end of the season because you got kids and they they're known to choke, and it gets fun to watch. They always come down to the wire. Put some stakes on it. I, I can't believe that Mike Martin is like held in as high of his regard as he is. And we've never made like a serious push at a title for the college world series. Consistency 40 years though. End of an era. Um, you just hope FSU baseball stays relevant and his kid is taking will. over. Yeah. I think FSU will, I mean, at the very least to continue to put a lot of winning seasons together. I mean, baseball's, you can usually schedule yourself 40 wins. You know, we weren't even good a couple of years ago and he was still able to kind of keep it going. So I think they will stay relevant, maybe improve even. All right. And so basketball. basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball. You got, uh, Knowles ranked in the top 20. Let me, a little I'm winning just going to give out my takes for the basketball because I don't really know much about it. So I already said this to you guys in the group chat. Kumaji. He's like seven foot four and dunks a lot. Terrence Mann has been on the team for seven years, still really good. And Phil Kofer looks like he's 35 years old. That's that's FSU basketball in a nutshell. That is how you wrap it up, huh? Yep. Um, I think that uh, this team has a chance to be about as good as they were last year. You know, making the Elite Eight. I, I think that anything less than the Sweet 16 is a failure. Um you know, barring some kind of catastrophic injuries. They're 19 and five right now. They should move the 20 and five with a win today against Georgia tech. Um, they've gotten up for the big games. They're they're They've got three good losses, two bad losses. Um, but in all of the good losses, they've gotten up for the game. They just haven't been able to finish it off. Um, the bad losses are, are not excusable, but hopefully they can kind of get hot towards the end and, and make another run. Cause uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, watching the team in March last year. Yeah, it was FSU. They have a real good uh, like tournament built team. They don't run teams that run. I feel like have no chance in the tournament. You got to have guys that could just make shots. They get inside real well. They got super tall guys. Uh, how do we say our best guy's last name? It's like Kaboomage. 
I don't even know. Do we know that? Is it is it our score? Is that not Kumaji? No, our Kumaji only averages like a couple points a game. We got a guy averaging 13 points, Mafondo. I'm pretty sure his last name is Kapumaje, but his name is spelled Cam Belgili. Let me take (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's Kabumaje. I've heard him on TV before, but I could just be saying that name. Like I don't even know where I'm getting that from. I'm not sure on that. And what's his first name? Mafundo. They just call him Mufundo. That's a pretty good name. All right. Mufundo. He's been balling. Like, we we've, we'll always have those guys like Xavier Wraith and Mays. Like, FSU basketball is pretty cool because you get the four-year guys. No one – besides, like, Isaac and Bacon, which are fun to watch in those little runs, we've had, like, the Michael Snares, the uh, the Doolkies, the Luke Lokes. Good guys you can watch them grow. Like, yeah, you said Kofer, Terrence Mann. Yeah. It makes fun. it – it does make you – yeah, it, when you get to this, when you get to, you know, where a lot of them are older players now, I mean, the class, the team has, what, four or five seniors on it yeah. right now, you know, two or three. And they, they made their tournament runs like that's if FSU's sweet 16 caliber could make an elite eight. Like if something goes crazy, they could make a longer run. But it's cool to see sweet 16s like you can't really ask for more than that with a program that like how college basketball is. If yeah, you're not, you're sure. not a basketball school, just getting that far and like having the familiar faces in the tournament, that's the best thing you could ask for. Even a regular season win, like you get a regular season win against UNC, against Duke, like that's sick. We always yeah. had them this year. It's all about expectations, right? Like if I'm, if I'm Duke, I'm not happy just making to the Sweet 16, but if I'm Florida State, like a football power, a football blue blood, mm-hmm. just getting to the Sweet 16 is is awesome, you know, because you're going you're gonna to win your first two games in the tournament. You've probably done well in your conference, and then you've got all the hype for a week's buildup of, of another two games, and if you win those, you know. Yeah, you're one of the best yeah. teams in the country that year, and you have a, a yeah. memorable last season. Would yeah. you guys rather – Go to the Elite Eight and lose or win the NIT? Go to the Elite Eight. Okay. Just just figured that was something worth throwing out there. Uh, That's not even worth throwing out there. I can't even believe you said that. I've never watched an NIT game. That's the Degenerates Anonymous. Yeah, that's that's when you know you need like a little extra dough because you're throwing it at the NIT. You're chasing. All right. So you guys, you want to go ahead and slide into the top three, bottom three and close this episode out? Yep. All right, TJ, you're the special guest. You can you can start us off with your number three of your top things of Tallahassee. Oh man, I wrote down a lot in case we overlap on these because we didn't review. If we overlap, let's just like just all shout it out that we've overlapped. All right, cool. <laughs> I have a lot too. So number three is just like this is like all encompassing. It's I don't know how to say it, but like just like the the vibe, the nature, the hills of Tallahassee, like Tallahassee's so different than every other city in Florida. Let's go. It's, it's so not different than everywhere else in Florida. Like everywhere else is flat or beach or amusement exactly. park or Miami. Great. And Tallahassee just doesn't feel like that. So you just get to the city and it feels different. Like that's dope. Even for a city, it's so different. It's like just it's it's so small. It feels like very uh intimate. Yeah, you just sold anybody that's never been to Tallahassee or FSU on like Tallahassee maybe being nice because it does. It feels nothing like the rest of Florida. You got the brick. You got the brick all over this downtown. It's sick. Absolutely, yeah. I remember when I first came and looked at the campus. I was like, "Holy shit, this looks like fucking Hogwarts." 
<laughs> I was sold instantly. For sure. All right, Zach, go ahead. You're, you're number three. All right. <clears throat> Dude, I have, I have so many. All oh, right, my. so number three, I'll, uh, I'll kick it off with just traditions of Florida State. The, the traditional Osceola and Renegade spear plant, the chop, jumping in the fountain on your birthday. How about can, will you go ahead and throw out the story about Basil in the fountain? All right, I'll, I'll get I'll give this a quick one. This is my 21st birthday. Uh, we go to AJ's, the, one of the most memorable spots in Tallahassee. RIP IP AJ's. Everyone, we live real close to the AJ's bottom of the hill. We live at the top of the hill. We all make it back to the top of the hill. We're like we're going in the fountain now. Had the great <laughs> 21st time. We pack like two cars. Terrible, like terrible amount of drunk driving. People in the trunk and shit. We just bring towels and just a fuck ton of people in the car. We get over to the fountain, the Westcott fountain. You jump in on your birthday like it's a good old time. Climb it, do all this shit. So as we're in there having a great time, my my boy Basil, we're we're so intoxicated up here. Horse playing. As, as there's one a lot say. of horse play on there. He's climbing up to the top of the fountain and he slips oh, and geez. he he. he Impales his back into the pipe of the inside of the fountain. Oh. He falls like sideways on it. Impales his back like it's basically a cookie cutter. It literally looked like a shark bit him. Yeah, it, oh. it, it, it a huge gash. So that basically got us all out of the fountain. We have a bunch of dudes who like had been like in the medical field in high school. Wrap him up. We we wrap him up in the towel, basically tight as we can. But first we go. We go to Whataburger. Whataburger. <laughs> we sent half one car to Whataburger and one car to CVS. <laughs> the one car with Whataburger has the injured Basil in there. He orders sixty dollars worth of Whataburger for everyone, like a, a dozen and a half honey butter chicken biscuits, shakes, fries, the like just the works, and everyone else is paying for the bandages at CVS. And they just got back to the house. We all ate Whataburger, and they, they bandaged him up so fucking tight, he, like, couldn't even sleep. He, he passed out on the couch, woke up at, like, 5 in the morning, and then drove his ass to Thaggart. Had a broken rib and, like, a big-ass laceration on his back. But they're like, whoever wrapped you up did an excellent job. That's so funny. I didn't realize <laughs> so that's he went a net to the, win. It was, it was a win for, for him. He went to the nurses on campus. That's fucking – he didn't even go to, like, a real hospital. No, that's a free hospital, bro. All right. Um, so before I get into my number three, I want to say that I had on my on my list, I had College Ave slash Westcott building, because when you get accepted into FSU, that's the picture that they show you is like the picture of the Westcott fountain and like mm-hmm. uh, fireworks and shit like that. So that that was like one of my favorite things about Tallahassee. But I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction and I'm going to say Guthrie's as my number three Mm. top things about Tallahassee. I know that they have them, I think, in Alabama as well. But Guthrie's, for those of you that don't know, is a fried chicken spot where your options are box or sandwich. Always love a good box. (laughs) Gut box, baby. Extra sauce. Like if if you're not walking to Guthrie's at like two in the morning trying to get yourself a box for like that little extra like grease, the yeah. line at Guthrie's at two in the morning was longer than any other time of the day. It's I insane. Talking of Basil, Basil and Chubby's, shout out Chubby's, the other fried chicken spot that only gave you box options. 
and you you always like chubbies more because they had the the different sauces right they had like barbecue and, and stuff guthrie's has just their gut sauce and the, i mean the, the other thing that was nice about the guff box is how you get to like mix it up you can either do like double fries no slaw or like double toast the only thing that you ever substituted out was slaw mm-hmm. dude shout out when dixie back in the day if you were a true OG, no, you go to Winn Dixie, and on the back of Winn Dixie, there were coupons. Oh, for I do two remember gut that. boxes and two large drinks for like ten dollars. And you just put them on the fridge. And we ha- we would we'd go to Winn Dixie and just get cash back all the time. So we had so many of these coupons, and it was like a year and a half run that we just annihilated Guthrie's. Shout out Guthrie's was right next to AJ's at the bottom of the hill where we live. Shout out BB. <laughs> All right. So, uh, TJ, w- w- give us your number two. So my number two kind of coincides with that. I was going to say food. Like I was going to say they're so like people so complain about food. the food, but like, I'm not for, I'm not there all the time. So I'm only up there five or six times a year. So between Guthrie's and great drunk or hungover food is Roboto's, um, Roboto's the, the better, the better food too, like a little higher end, the BLT dip at Madison social. Absolutely. I love the, for the table group, shout out them. Um, Township throw is great. Township is great. Um, Woodchuck's the gas station breakfast spot. I've not been there. That's an OG spot. It's a gas station and also a breakfast spot. So good. Got to go check that out. Um, I'm a big fan of, Oh gosh. I'm a big fan of something that I just forgot the name of. Or what I was thinking of, but you guys ever go to a curbside barbecue that shack that's like right next to Mike's beer barn? Yeah, I've had that before. Shout out Mike's, man. That's where I get my kegs for my tailgates. I mean, I'm sure that's where everybody does. But drive through kegs, great Tallahassee gems. They're the best. Oh, um, birds. I'm a big oyster fan, and their burgers are Mm -hmm. great. So shout out like another weird place where it's like oyster chicken burger. (laughs) Love it. It's the best. (laughs) That's all they have. They're like grilled, fried. (laughs) or raw (laughs) or raw (laughs) i think they do Um, that love birds um oh and then the cuban spot um gordos gordos yeah always always good time for a smash so shout out spring sushi yeah oh yeah oh you can eat sushi we've definitely fucked that up a few times in our lives you know i agree with you tj water burger yeah else in the state really honey butter chicken biscuit I, I complain that there's not a lot of food here because now I've been living here for yeah. almost eight years. But there's definitely like a few good spots. Shout out Florida Wing Factory. I literally eat chicken wings at least once or twice a week from that spot. Oh, we go to Hobbit a lot. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that Hobbit, Hobbit on Sunday. But then they just started giving me the shits too much. So I, I transferred over to Florida Wing Factory. I've never been there. I'll have to check it out. All right. Go ahead, Zach. Number two. Number two, I'm going to have to go with the bars then. I'm going to go with like the combination of the proof glass giveaway, which is like my Wednesday night spot for a whole year. I've, I've still got 25 glasses of craft beers that I drink out of today. 2013 to 2014 Bullwinkles. And then I guess the Night Knoll too. I'll encompass the Night Knoll in there. Get you home like basically right in front of your house on drunk spot every night. Bulls, like you when you're when you first turn 21 in Tallahassee and you get to go to Bullwinkles after like all the legends you hear, 
so yeah. amazing. I'm not a big drinker, and Bulls was probably the only place I ever enjoyed. You have, like, the other spots that, like, I'm not going to name all of them because they may or may not show up on the rest of this list, but, like, Pots. Pots was, like, a freshman stomping ground. The Strip. Shout out, Pots. You know, freshman stomping ground. I mean, that might be on the bottom, but, man, go ahead. Keep going. All right, so my number two, I'm going to do a little bit different. This is, like, a little bit more of, like, a intimate Tallahassee thing. Uh the Piney Z Lake Park. It's so I live over off of Capitol Circle and there's like this lake called the Piney Z Lake and it has like really nice trails and it has fishing fingers. So you can go out and like just spend time near the water, take a walk with the dog and stuff like that. And it's just like it's kind of like a getaway from, you know, Tallahassee isn't the biggest city, but it's a getaway from all of that kind of stuff. It's more nature and a little bit more comfortable to just like relax. It was one of the spots I considered proposing to my fiance, but mm-hmm. we're not very much of outdoorsy type, so I thought it wasn't fitting. I what you would call guys. indoorsy. Yeah, yeah, shout out to you guys. Team, team indoors. All right, do a little snake draft, Garrett. Give us your number one. All right, my number one. This is one that Zach and I definitely are going to share. Uh, RIP in peace, Don Veller Golf Course. It's closed for renovations for the next two years, but... Let me tell you, man, Zach and I dominated that course. We would get the membership with the student rate for like $35 a month. You go out there at it started at any time and then they changed it to four o'clock where you could walk the course for free. And we would just go out there like four times a week, walk nine holes, just know the course like the back of our hand, just dominating it. And it was just it was honestly some like the best best time I've ever had in Tallahassee was being out on that golf course. I hated like I didn't hate my job, but I would literally we'd we'd, we'd make our tee time for four twenty four, and I'd have to get out of work at four o'clock, and we'd still make the tee time. It'd be three like fifty nine. I just sprint right out the door, sprint right home, and we just go kill it. Like you walk that hole, it was it was never too hot. Like we always got lucky on those. Like it'd be pouring down rain, but it like wouldn't be raining on the golf course. It, and we would never warm up. You just go out there, you take like a few practice swings at the tee box and you're like, all right, let's, let's do this. You yep. get that like first shank out of the way sometimes. And, uh, it was also one story from there. There was the one time it was in the middle of the summer, Zach and I were going out there and I made the mistake of thinking that I could work out at like noon. So I finished working out at like one thirty, two o'clock. Then we turned around and went to the golf course and we get to like the sixth or seventh hole. And I look at Zach and I was like, I was like, dude, I can't stop walking. Otherwise I might pass out. And he looked at me. He's like, dude, I've never seen a whiter human being than you. So I just like, I just like drudged my way through the rest of like seven, eight, nine, like passing people. People are like trying to like talk to me or tell me to get out of the way. And I'm just like head down waving at them. And I get to the, the pro shop and I just chugged two power raids back to back. And I just sat there and waited for him. So we, we definitely, we also, we were out there in like 15 degree weather so much so that we saw multiple golf clubs broken because of the cold. We, oh. we definitely like, we went through all the different weather. Yeah, and we there. do. We earned our stripes out there in the summer too. Our first summer in the fucking ninety degree with the with the buffs and our fucking cold towels and shit. Shout out two hundred and forty pound me. That was definitely like the start of me losing some weight. All right. So is that me? Number one for me, it's gonna be the the uh, best part of Tallahassee for me was the twenty thirteen football season, specifically Halloween weekend that year. 
we had like the biggest rager Halloween party. It was there's the rivalry music fest. It was like DJ Carnage. <laughs> we were all fu- we were all fucked up. We had the party like basically like me and now my fiance like made we're making it like superficial that night that weekend and just hell of a season hell of like that fall semester was just top notch everyone was turning 21 uh that year it was just best best uh year of tallahassee for me oh yeah maybe the best year in tallahassee history i mean 2013 right i'm so great i'm so grateful to be a part of it like like i got a college degree from there i'm like doing I went home working for the family business. Like I don't even care that I'm in student debt. I'll pay that off gladly for that <laughs> one year. That was like, I don't want that to be like the peak, but that's like just something that's so great for me. Yeah. I came up, I came up twice that year. So I came up for the NC state game where we dropped 35 in the first quarter. And then I came up for the Miami game. And then I went out to Pasadena for the, for the championship. So shout uh, out you for that. that yeah. Was that awesome. was insane. Shout um, out that championship game. We had a watch party and we win and the streets it was literally just a mob scene on tennessee street right in front of guthrie's you could you could just walk in the road like there were no cars driving every car was stopped people were out of their cars it was incredible yeah i love the reaction videos from from the game and stuff like that i mean just you know i couldn't even imagine being out there like that the culmination of that trip and the way that fsu won that game dude it was pretty sick i mean i'm not gonna lie i mean it's one of my favorite days of of ever, you know, my kid being born and getting married and stuff like that are pretty dope. But outside of like those things, like anything not personal related, like, oh my gosh, it is the best. Um, especially because, you know, you, I, I thought we were going to lose the whole game. We look like crap, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, to do it like right at the end. I sat in the end zone that he caught the touchdown in. I mean, it was just insane. Yeah, it was the coolest thing ever. So, um, all right, let's hear it. Yeah, mine's similar to, to that. I was just gonna say like Saturdays in the fall, man. Like that's the that's that's why I go. I mean, you know, I, I'm not a. I grew up a big fan. I didn't go there, um, so I don't have a lot of the connections to, you know, other things. But Saturdays in the fall are are the best days up in Tallahassee. You a know? night game at FSU, and you just spend that whole Saturday outside tailgating and drinking and hanging out. And Do you remember and- our <laughs> freshman year? The Oklahoma game week three, they were ranked number one. We were ranked number four or five. Mm -hmm. That was like, that was a night game. And I remember just being like, holy shit, this is what 90,000 people looks like. And it was just like that stadium was rocking. I'm getting the chills just thinking about it. That night games at Doak are easily like, I have many Mm -hmm. good sports moments, but they occupy probably like three out of the top five of my sports moments in history. Yeah. Shout out also the kid that uh, had like to get his stomach pumped and passed out and puked right in front of uh, my dorm room that game day. (laughs) The kid who lived across from me, he was like a pledging frat bro and almost made it back to his room. He literally passed out in the doorway in like his own puke and blood. All right. Do you you guys want to kind of like instead of instead of switching off, we'll just fly through our bottom threes. Okay. You can go first, Zach. I'll go first. My bottom three, it's the uh, basically the new construction, number three. It's basically Shout out new tradition. Tallahassee. Shout out the new logo, even though it's starting to grow on me. The, the old logo is better. The new the new construction, like knocking down the old dorms, the old shit. Like, it looks so different, and you haven't been here in a couple of years. It looks so different. I know. I'm so scared. Different. I'm literally scared to go back up. Okay. Um, my number two 
is uh, the guy that hit and ran me at Taco Bell. I got in a car accident <laughs> on my way to Spanish class, and some fucking dude made an illegal turn and hit me and then took off. Never never found him. Um, shout out to uh, my cobalt. <laughs> and then uh, my number one worst part, I, uh, I, I really don't know if this is number one, but I'll give it to it. Just the uh, the strip. Yeah, oh, man. I hated the strip, man. It was like when you were 18, there was like way too many like people in there for you to like – I wasn't like confident enough to go kill the strip. So I was always trying to just like get a drink. Like that would be like my goal of the night. And then when you were 21, you're like, it's too underage. There's fucking 16, 18-year-olds running around. It's too packed. They're pouring 16 year olds. They're, they're pouring you like shitty liquor. It's it, The strip was just an absolute shit show and just absolute uh, – there's nothing better than like walking by the outside of the strip and just like looking down upon those peasants as you like left bullwinkles. You're like, <laughs> oh, you're at the strip. <laughs> so, so now uh, they call it something different. They call it like the 10 or something like that, don't they? I don't know. I so think they, I, my favorite thing about the strip, though, is like I said, it was terrible liquor, but I feel like I could drink all night at Ken's. And my bill would be like 13 bucks. I'd just be like, <laughs> all right, I had 74 drinks. Like, how did this happen? But, you know, praise God. Like, let's roll. <laughs> but that, that was the thing, though. Like, even, even when you go there as a freshman, you'd spend 13 bucks. You're like, bro, I spent 13 bucks tonight, bro. That was so much. <laughs> all right, I'll go ahead and I'll give my bottom three and we'll end on TJ. So there's a few uh, Mike's Beer Barn. That was one of my bottoms because that place – when I was a freshman in, in Tallahassee, I kind of didn't know my way around. And that would always be the most convenient place to stop for gas. And they always have gas that's like 50 cents more expensive than the rest of the place. Is it like being the rest of the fucking town? So you would go and spend like $2.75 on gas. And that just sucked. It's also like a stomping ground for a lot of hobos. So shout out Mike's Beer Barn. Kind of hate shout you. Shout out the hobos. Uh, the second one, my second least favorite spot, Tennessee Street traffic. It, there's no worse drivers in the entire state of Florida, and that's saying a lot, considering how much old people we have in like Tampa and South Florida than the people that drive on Tennessee Street. It's just like the ultimate shit show. And then my number one, this is a little bit of like a personal vendetta, is Recess. Uh, the, that's like the club that's right above Madison Social and everything in College Town. And I feel like it's Tallahassee's attempt at like a nice, like bougie club. And the only time I tried to go there, they told me that I couldn't get in because I wasn't 21, even though the person in front of me in line was under 21 and they let him in. So I was like, whatever like i don't want to come into your establishment anyway so recess is my least favorite place of tallahassee i never went to recess shout out uh my computer being on one percent and staying alive for me had to run to the charger boy. all right you guys ready for mine Let's get again it. not being up there all the time mine, mine's a little bit more difficult to come up with like true negatives um but uh, number number three, tow trucks. Like the towing is uh, freaking terrible. Like I guess I'll I'll slash that or like I'll mix that in with like parking. I know a lot of students complain about parking, so I'll try to yep. be relatable and cool. But um, yeah, the tow trucks are the worst, bro. Like trying to run in and pee somewhere real quick, and I come back and my car is not there. You know, how many so, times like, did you get? Have you? How many times have you been towed? 
Just once. I, I want to get towed once. Yeah. Once is enough. Did you get towed, Garrett? Yes, definitely got towed. Yep. Everyone's everyone's got to get towed once in Mine, Tally. It's Mine. not so much, and it's not so much that I'm worried about being towed. It's like that I'm over cautious about it now. Like I'll walk four miles and park somewhere else to make sure that I'm not towed. You All know right. what I'm saying? Want to like, know how I got towed? I was, you know, Indian Village. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was, you know, how like their houses have like they kind of like hang over the bottom of the house. You yeah. have like this the garage, which is like open air, and the, they're like kind of like on a second story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the window is lit- like I'm literally under a house is where I'm parked, and I got towed from being parked underneath a house. I got towed and- out of a parking garage. Oh, that's the worst. I got like they they had to go uh, like almost into like a pool to tow me out. It was ridiculous. Same thing to tickets in general. FSU gives out tickets like it's nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> So tow trucks, number three, number two is the airport um, and how expensive flights are. I would fly up there every other weekend if, you know, like I can fly to Atlanta for a hundred bucks and I understand why like Tampa is a huge airport. Atlanta is an even bigger airport. Like it's just the cost, supply and demand. I get that. But I, I would fly, if we played in Atlanta every weekend, like if we were Georgia Tech, if I was a Georgia Tech fan, which I would never be because I'd rather just not watch sports. But if I was a Georgia Tech fan, I would go to every game because I could fly up and back for like a round trip, 120 bucks. Whereas driving to, to Tallahassee takes me four hours. That's eight hours in a car. It's brutal. Um, I just won't do it. So anymore, you know, as much anymore. So the airport and just like that whole system and that whole one system. terminal, a one terminal airport. It's absolutely awful for a capital, in the capital city. of the city, right. capital with of the state, major university with the entire government there, which the government doesn't care because they just pay the extreme prices. But yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and there's not another major city close, right? Like Jacksonville's two and a half, three hours away. Orlando's four hours, Tampa's four hours, it, Atlanta's five. So yeah, you've got to, I mean, it's stupid. So um, the airport setup, uh, and number one, worst thing, um, again, being an out of towner, this one really makes sense. Uh, the way they jack up hotel prices is insane. Like that is, I don't understand. So like, I'm not very smart and you know, I don't know if you guys, I, I don't know, maybe I don't know the true definition of this, but I don't understand how that's not price gouging. Like, I don't like how, how are you able to just be like, Oh, more people want to stay here this weekend? $600. <laughs> you know, I, when I graduated uh, from FSU, I would come back up because my now fiance, then girlfriend was still up here and I would want to go to games and like see her and everything. One time the weekend was so packed with like hotels being booked or being mad expensive. I booked us at this place called like the Camilla Motel or something like that. <laughs> we showed up there, got the keys to our room, and it literally looked like a fucking murder scene. I was we we walked in and she was like, "There's not a chance we're staying here." <laughs> so we we ended up having to go and spend like two hundred and fifty dollars for like a single night in a hotel because she like she couldn't stay there. I wouldn't have either, but I I like to blame her for it. <laughs> Graduation, yeah. you definitely feel it in Tallahassee too for the. People that actually live here. Yeah, for sure. But I'll just stay with Garrett, so it'll be fine. There we go. Well, you only got a couple more months. And I'll be out of here hopefully by August. Uh, well, then never mind. I'm not coming ba- up for that. <laughs> Baseball <laughs> game's definitely not worth it. <laughs> I'm not driving four Speaking hours of, to watch Only Mike an Martin hour until this Saturday game. I don't even know if I'm going to go anymore. 
All right. So that, well, that was it. I really enjoyed that. We ran way longer than I expected to. I expected this to be like a 30 minute conversation. Somehow we're going into a full hour. So, uh, TJ, we really appreciate it. If, if you want to shout out like your Twitter and your podcast one more time. So everybody knows. Yeah, so my Twitter Twitter is just TJ underscore Pittenger, P-I-T-T-I-N-G-E-R. Uh, the podcast is a big three roll up on Twitter. It's big, number three, roll up. Um, check us out. Um, but I'm, I appreciate you guys having me. You know, this was, this was fun. I'm, I'm down to do it again sometime. Yeah, and we fun. really appreciate you being here. So uh, me, Garrett, at underscore Gartenberg, G-A-R-T-E-N-B-E-R-G. And Zach? And uh, hey, nice to meet you, TJ. It's my first time talking to him, actually. So yeah, nice to meet you. Likewise. And I'm at at Z Zaran Z Z A R R A N Z Z. All right, see you guys. Everybody, rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Listen. <laughs>